Listen here, see? It's episode 150 of the KFR News Podcast, see? The following podcast contains spoilers for the Maltese Falcon, see? Y'all been warned, see? I see what you did there. And we're just going to keep it going by just keeping it going. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to podcasts, radio, whatever you want to call it. God damn it. <laughs> I'm Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto here. Hello, I feel see? like we've... 150th episode, and it feels like we've been doing this for 150 times. Yeah. <laughs> this is, really this damn accent. <laughs> Anytime a movie is from before 1970... <laughs> Yeah, 97, yeah. We're just listen here, see? <laughs> God damn it, everything's too old for this. Yes. Uh, how you doing, Glenn? I'm not bad. I'm uh, prepping for some good old vacation time. I really yes. had a bad case of the Mondays, but, you know, I, I, I'm in a better mood now, and that's yeah, all Yeah, but that you're going to have a great case of the Fridays. Uh, as soon as Friday hits, that I'm, I'm off to a different planet, it feels exactly, like. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, friday this going on, mm-hmm, have you mm-hmm. watched any movies uh, I had watched one movie besides our movie, and uh, mm-hmm. I, we had both reviewed it, and it's up on the YouTubes. That movie is Firestarter. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll let I'll let my words speak for myself in the video. Uh, <laughs> I'll let myself speak for myself. I'll let thank myself you. speak on that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I watched Maltese Falcon, which we will get into in a bit. But I know, I know, you've been you've been holding out on me, haven't you? You've got some videos and movies to talk about, don't you? Not. I don't uh, know what I meant about the videos, but yeah, the me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty light week for me. Uh, I only yeah. watched four movies. Uh, from the last time we recorded, uh, Firestarter was the first one. Of course, uh, we have the, the YouTube video up so people can check out to see our thoughts there. Then for my cinema bucket list series that I'm doing for the 1001 movies you must see before you die. I watched, rewatched the killing fields, uh, which I had not seen since before my junior year, junior or senior of high school. Uh, because, um, the reason I watched it then was we had, the option for English class to either read two books or watch one movie. Hmm. And I was the only one that picked watch one movie. Who wouldn't want to watch a movie? Over reading two books? Like, I'm not against reading or anything, but like over the summer? We're talking about time here. Time management. Time is a construct. How am I the only one that picked... Watching one movie over reading two books, I don't understand it. I don't under even like me being a movie buff aside, there should have been at mm-hmm. least like 50 50. 100%. At least. And I was the only one that watched The Killing Fields. Anyway, Killing Fields is a great movie. Uh, it's it's heartbreaking because it's about the, the real life uh, genocide of Cambodian people. Mm-hmm. Um, in Cambodia, by other Cambodians, it's it's like a uh, revolutionary war situation um, that went on there, and it's it's really heartbreaking. Uh, it won several Oscars, including Best Supporting Ast- uh, Aster. <laughs> Best Supporting Ass. <laughs> yes, Best Supporting Actor uh, for the actor uh, who uh, was actually in with, like he was in Cambodia, living in Cambodia during... 
uh, these times. His name is Hang S. Nor, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, hmm. he, he was a doctor in Cambodia during the revolution, obviously fled to America to avoid being murdered. He actually lost his wife and unborn child in Cambodia. Very, very sad. Um, so, but like he delivers a killer performance and it's not just like a pity award because, you know, he's playing someone that went through something he went through and it was a first time actor or anything. He's actually like legitimately good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a really interesting story. Uh, you see a very young John Malkovich, very young oh. Sam Waterston, uh, for, for you, Sam Waterston fans out there. Uh, it's a solid movie. It's, it's not for everyone. Cause it is like, you know, early eighties political drama where it's kind of slow moving, but it's, it's, it's very well made. I highly suggest people check that out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, anyway, that was for the 1001 movies you must see before you die. There's going to be nine other movies involved in that episode that comes out in June. So check that out. Uh, then I watched a, uh, movie, I believe it's from, uh, Saudi Arabia. Let me check that. Um, Yes, it's a Saudi Arabian film. Uh, I believe it was the first Saudi Arabian film directed by a woman. Let me just double check that real quick. Uh, sorry for the, I should have checked this beforehand. Check it, check, but it's check, called check. it's called Wajda, uh, which is about a young uh, Muslim girl who's going to school and everything. And yes, it was the. I believe it's the first. I can't find confirmation on that, but the, I just wanted to check to see if the uh, director was a woman. Uh, director is a woman. I'm fairly certain it's the first uh, Saudi Arabian film directed by a woman. Uh, could be wrong on that, but I do remember hearing that somewhere. But it's about this young Muslim girl in Saudi Arabia who is kind of like testing the boundaries of being a girl in mm. Saudi Arabia with uh, the strictness. Like, she wants to buy a bike, and everyone's telling her that bikes are for boys and all that. Um, they bo- so, they do both start with a B, so it's understandable. Yes, bikes are for boys. Mm-hmm. Goyas are for girls. Yeah. I don't know what a Goya is. I know it's, like, <laughs> it's a Mexican ingredient company. <laughs> like, beans. Mm. I know they make beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very endearing movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is um, very understated. It's got some funny moments. got some sad moments. Solid film overall. Uh, and then I watched, oh boy, The Maltese oh. Falcon. <laughs> which we... We'll get into right now. Wow. Come closer. I want to talk to you. I'm going to tell you an astounding story. The story of the Maltese Falcon. 600 years the Falcon has carried the mystery of a fabulous wealth under its grotesque wings. I could tell you a thousand tales of the men and women who have hunted this evil bird. But every story has the same ending. Murder. Listen to these incredible people, all consumed by their passionate greed for the Maltese falcon. What have you ever given me beside money? Have you ever given me any of your confidence, any of the truth? Haven't you tried to buy my loyalty with money and nothing else? What else is there I can buy you with? Uh, San Francisco's private detective Sam Spade takes on a case that involves him with three eccentric criminals. A gorgeous liar, 
and their quest for a priceless <laughs> statuette with the stakes <laughs> rising after his partner is murdered. That comma fucked me up. Pause, I'm keeping that very long pause. <laughs> that comma <laughs> fucked me up. I was not ready for it. It is written and directed by John Huston, uh, based on the novel by Dashiell Hammett, uh, starring Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Gladys George, Peter Lorre, uh, Sydney Greenstreet is in there. Uh, where is that little bitch Wilmer? And mm. Alicia, uh, his name would be Alicia. Alicia Cook Jr. It might be Elisha. I don't know. Uh, Elijah. It, it, yeah. If, to be clear, the character's a little bitch. I'm sure he is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be clear, just to clarify, I don't want his estate coming after me for saying that. It's the character <laughs> who is very purposefully made a little bitch. <laughs> he does play a bastard. He does play a bastard. Uh, but yeah, this came up on Streaming Roulette. It is considered one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, and it is... I have seen this before. Uh, when I watched it, I thought I enjoyed it, but I thought it might have been slightly overhyped by everyone. And while I appreciated it more this time, I still kind of feel like it might be slightly overhyped. That's not to say it's not good, because I do think it's good, but it it does kind of not hit this way i feel like most people think it does i would i would probably be in the same boat to be honest with you mm-hmm. um it, it i've heard nothing but the best of the best so you know looking to it i was ex- expecting the best of the best i guess maybe for its time and when it was released and i'm i'm assuming this was this was kind of early in like you know, filmmaking, they just figured out how to roll a camera, right? Yeah, this was uh, about 10 years after talkies came about. So the sound had only been in film for 10 years. To put that into perspective, Iron Man came out uh, 14 years ago. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, to compare. After it, I said that, I was just imagining pitchforks and just screaming uh, film experts behind me. Out my window, just like, <laughs> what the fuck did he say? No, um, I mean, yeah, you, but no, it, this is like early in, uh, you know, filmmaking, you know, history, and yeah, how it's, many, uh, it's widely how many considered noir the golden type films like this were there at the time. Yeah, it's widely considered the golden era of film, the forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you why. I think they're a bit hacky uh, in the forties. I, I don't dislike movies from the forties, but I much prefer like late 50s early 60s to the 40s movies mm-hmm. um and, but like everyone's just like oh the 40s are the golden era again don't have a problem not gonna argue that but i they're all kind of the same from back then yeah uh and uh this is not really an exception i again i really enjoyed this but it's it hits all of the uh noir tropes uh, yeah. With the, the moody detective, private eye, who's kind of smarter than everyone, or thinks he's smarter than everyone at least, uh, and um, if the uh, the 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 woman who is like in over her head with something and just swoons into his arms every chance she gets to try to and use they her fall in her, love immediately. Yes, try to use her womanly charm to keep him from hurting her and and stuff like that. And it's it's filled with all those tropes. Um, the one thing I did like, I I talked briefly about this, uh, last week is that this has, um, slight gay undertones. They're very slight in today's, Mm -hmm. uh, world, uh, but, um, 
the character of uh, Joel Cairo, played by Peter Lorre, mm-hmm. his character is so interesting in a way. <laughs> I <laughs> he's just very interesting. I don't know why I brought the gay thing up. It has nothing to do with his character really. But he's he he is the gay character if there is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, within this, and I think John Houston confirmed that he is gay, and I believe the book confirms it as well. But he has he, uh, Peter Lorre is a great actor from he's a hung, Hungarian actor uh, who I believe fled Europe during World War went during the Nazi occupation. Um, but he uh, he's a great actor who's very very under underappreciated in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, his character was just. Inf- like interesting to watch anytime he was on screen and how he interacted with Humphrey Bogart's character was was great to watch as well. Yeah. Um going going back to you know how this was kind of <clears throat> overhyped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I could it definitely is that way because at the time this really came out it was kind of just oversaturated with so many of these types of films that come out. So when we go back and watch this one with all the other ones that we have seen, mm-hmm. it makes sense that it does not you know, uh, live up to its potential in a way. Um, so like with, with that in mind, like I I definitely understand why we do feel that way, but it's probably one of the better ones out of all of those ones for sure. If Um, I'm honest, I think the, the entire era is overhyped. Like I really enjoy noir films and films from the forties, but people like lose their shit over them. Like, Mm -hmm. like they're the greatest thing ever made. And, uh, and that they will never be beat, but I would argue that they've been beat several times over by decades after them. Yeah. Uh, again, that's not to say that they're not good. It's just I twenty fifteen alone smacks I, the ass yeah, of all of the nineteen forties. I will never <laughs> understand that mindset. It happens with music too, where people are just like, "Oh, the movies and music I grew up with are just better than than ones coming out today." Is like, no, mm-hmm. no, they're just different. Like, if it's not your thing, that's fine. But like. It's not better or worse. Uh, yeah. It's it's just different. And, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the film buffs, that, especially with the uh, AFI Top 100, those people are all, like, grew up around this time. So they're all, you know, just chomping at the bit to talk about 1940s film. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but but, I, th- but I, this, I really like Humphrey oh. Bogart in this. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, I really liked Humphrey Bogart in this. He he played kind of played a, a smart ass, which was was fun to watch at times, and uh, especially how he interacted with Wilmer. I mean, with this, I think what's really nice about it is it is one of the best of its genre and time. Yeah, in that it has seemed to have been like the most impactful years past, like even like to day. Um, uh, video game related wise, this is how I know most of the references uh, now because of this movie. Um, there was a game called uh, Metal Gear Solid that had the character named Fat Man, um, which in turn was named from the bomb from World War II, uh, Fat Man and Little Boy. And then, of course, that bomb was named after Fat Man from this the character Fat Man in this. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not know that. Um, and then, of course, you know, I had to look that up a little bit. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was an interesting chain of events there. And then um, even another reference is uh, Nolan North. I'm sure you've heard his voice. I'm, every almost video game person has in the world. Um, mm-hmm. He did a character in Crash Bandicoot uh, called, uh, was it Dr. Engine or something like that? 
his name, yeah, Dr. Engine. <clears throat> and uh, one of Nolan's, you know, like, primary, like, uh, what's the word for it? A- examples to use that voice um, was for Peter Lorre's character. Or just Peter, Peter Lorre, period. He used, like, him as an example to create the Dr. Engine voice in uh, the Crash Bandicoot video games when he did it. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool, too. Yeah. So just uh, to today, like, just between, you know, the references and everything, it, it, it held its own still as far as, like, its legacy in a way. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I liked that. That was dope. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely got a, a, a great legacy behind it. Um, And w- going back to this being one of the, the better films of its time and era and whatnot, uh, for its time, it's incredibly well-paced. Uh. I told you I rewatched the last hour because uh, chaos was ensuing when I was watching the last hour. Uh, my son was going crazy, and I was mm-hmm. trying to watch it and didn't really quite get to watch it all uh, as as close as I wanted to. So when I was waiting for you, I watched the last hour, and that last hour like flew by. The first forty minutes flew by as well, but the mm-hmm. last hour is is incredibly well paced. And even though it is extremely dialogue heavy. Uh, to the point where the last maybe 20, 25 minutes are entirely dialogue driven. Yeah. Uh, that it is, it's still well paced with its, it's, uh, how it's dialogue is broken up and it's blocking helps it be well paced. The uh, performances add to the, the pacing as well. Uh, and so in that sense, it's an incredibly well-made film where, where they're just exposition dumping at the end about how things happened it it doesn't feel like it's taking forever what like a lot of exposition dumps do um it, it's it's just extremely well made in that sense and john houston who wrote and directed it he uh, just kind of showed why he's one of the greatest directors to have ever lived and i, I i've always liked john houston so i like mm-hmm. i like his mm-hmm. work he do be good he do he, be good how did he do what he did um <laughs> Action. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. Can you say that line a little faster? All right. Yeah. And then um, occasionally acts with a grovelly voice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this movie was great. The last half hour did, did have you like having to sit up and listen a little bit. Yeah. I'm sitting there not at first, and I'm like, uh, let me go back two minutes and re-listen to all that. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I am confused about one thing. Sure. Um, Wilmer... Um, Fat Man had said that Wilmer's character, uh, or well, it's just Wilmer, I guess, had killed, uh, what was his name, Trusby? Trus- Thursby? Thursby, Thursby yeah. and, and Jacoby? Jacoby, whatever the fuck their Jacobi. names were. Jacoby. He said that they, he killed both of them, but then later I th- they confirmed that uh, O'Shanahay, or O'Shaughnessy? O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy, O'Shaughnessy lady. Killed Thursby? No, she killed Archer, who was Humphrey Bogart's uh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, partner. My brain is on track now. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, okay. that, that's something I had to clear up upon rewatching the last hour as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the characters in this are probably the best part, honestly, because they're all unique in their own way. You know, uh, 
the fat man is is very different from Cairo, who's very mm-hmm. different from Spade, who is very different from they're all very different from O'Shaughnessy, uh, gender aside. And and Wilmer's got his own thing. And even the two cops who like from a distance kind of look like the same. They, the same they have, person. Yeah, they're, they're like the same person, but then yeah. one of them's obviously got a better rapport with Sam uh, Humphrey Bogart's Good cop, character. bad cop. Exactly. It's good good cop, bad cop. But I I feel like the characters are like unique enough where mm-hmm. it really adds to the, the story and, and how they interact with each other. Um, and it's just a... It's really fun to see them all kind of in the same scene together. It's never really a dull moment throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the only real gripe I actually do have with it is that Peter Lorre's not in it more or like participating. Yeah, or enough. Uh, random uh, off thread offshoot of this. Have you seen M? Not yet. The only okay. one that I've watched with, I believe, both Humphrey and Peter is Casablanca, which, to be honest, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised you don't remember it, but I'm also not surprised you don't remember it, if that makes sense. I also sense. think I would watch it with my grandparents, and I might have fell asleep. Yeah. So if that helps the case any, <laughs> that's but, probably uh, why I forget it. Yeah, Peter Lorre is great in M. He uh, that's a German language film. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of plays like uh, a, a guy that is suspected of murder, uh, and uh, the whole paranoia he plays. He, he's an incredible actor, and I really feel like he doesn't get enough credit with today. Uh, today's audiences um, Mm -hmm. because he's also in uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much with... uh, um, He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he is. That has big names. Yeah, he was a a really big actor back in his day and and, uh, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about him. But uh, from that era, he's one of my favorite actors. I've always really liked him Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, hope more people check out his work because he was incredibly incredibly talented especially in m he has this incredible monologue towards the end of m where it's like you know you know you can always tell acting from back then and acting today like acting today is way more realistic than was back then Mm because they were still kind of going off stage acting uh but and while his monologue does get there sometimes there's also moments of like brilliant reality where it's just so nuanced mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I, I I can't speak enough about it. And I don't want to give too much away about it. But anyway, we're not talking about M. We're talking, we're about, talking the, about the guy who played. We're talking about the Maltese it, Falcons. Did you know this. that the oh. three remaining statuettes, the three remaining Falcons, they had eight Falcons made. Uh, the three mm-hmm. that remain are all worth over a hundred or one million dollars today. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, which is weird because they're all made out of lead, or at least one of them is made out of lead. And lead is, I I don't know, is lead is lead expensive? I probably should have looked that up before. Right. Maybe not. How expensive is lead? Since it was a fake and made out of lead, I would assume that it's not. Okay, that doesn't that, tell me anything. I love that the Maltese Falcon in the movie was worth a million, and now like all all three that still exist. Oh yeah! Oh, that's one thing I looked at. He uh, uh, so Humphrey Bogart's props. <laughs> yeah, Humphrey Bogart's character once the the jig was up, kept one thousand dollars for for uh, his time and expenses. Mm-hmm. One thousand dollars in nineteen forty one dollars today is like close to twenty thousand dollars. 
Jeez. Like, how much time and expenses did you have <laughs> that you're keeping one thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars? But I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a really solid film. Uh, I definitely appreciated it more this time around. Uh, I still think it's maybe slightly overhyped, but that's just the legacy it, it has, and, yeah. and you really got to go into it not really giving too much credit to the legacy, but also respecting the legacy. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. if you take um, away the legacy, like it's it's again, don't hate me, all the film experts out there. Please don't come out of my house with pitchforks. Hate you, Glenn. Yeah, please stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, other than you know, it's it's legacy. It's it's kind of any other uh, noir film out there but you know it has great chemistry with all the actors in it and you know all their characters are unique in in pretty much every way they're all different like you said um but and that's that's kind of what made it stand out so much at its time and now it's just has this legacy behind it to where you can't really ignore it yeah. So, I mean, where it is a little overhyped, it's understandably overhyped. <laughs> yeah. I also like that you don't see the Falcon until the end. Yeah. Uh, that kind of adds to the mystery of, of it all, even though <laughs> the Falcon, not not so much the actual 1941 releases, but if uh-huh. you look at any modern posters, it's got the Falcon all over it. So that kind of yeah. gets rid of it. But movie-wise, you don't see the Falcon for a good good while yeah and i um, and i had no idea what it was gonna look like the whole time and then it popped up and i'm like that's what it fucking looks like <laughs> yeah well it, it's it's uh i don't know if you remember them saying that it is completely it's like completely gold and covered in jewels underneath yeah, black right enamel. In the beginning. uh and i and, wish that part was just said between the characters or yeah something. instead of doing like the star instead wars of a, thing. A, a scroll yeah Star Wars. I mean, it's obviously well before Star Wars, yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. a Star Wars scroll. But uh, just your example. Yeah, um, but the amount of times that people pulled guns on each other in this would kind of yeah. make me laugh a little bit. It's just like gun, gun, gun. It's oh, I'm just gonna pull a, your trench coat over and pull out your guns. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just America for you. Yeah, karate chop um, that gun out of your hand. I, there was there's just, there's not one thing. It doesn't make me mad because of the movie it's just the way people say falcon and falcon it always drives me nuts they say it the han solo way i i don't know man and just say one or the other or just at least put a u instead of an a for falcon yeah it drives me nuts for no reason i can't say why it's like tomato tomato even though nobody says tomato what's what's or i'm sorry water water that drives me nuts water water Water. I hate water. water. Hey, hey, water. hey, you do not, even though neither of us say it, you do not I was gonna get say, to shit talk. You don't say talk. water. <laughs> you do not get to shit talk or wash. Any Philadelphia accent accent oh, things. Okay? Wash annoys the shit out of me. I, I do not speak with a Philadelphia accent, but I will defend <laughs> that accent to the death because uh, it is so uniquely Philadelphian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't have too much else, to be honest with you. Yeah, me neither. Uh, so that does it for the review. That brings us to our judgment for the Maltese Falcon. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it becomes a little shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. <laughs> I'm bringing up a random number generator to see who goes first. Got it. Oh, random number generator. Okay. Uh, pick a number between. Even. Okay, you're going to pick evens? Yep. 
It is even, so you go first. Uh, I'll let or it you be pick. known around you. the world that I'm going first. Um, so yeah, this movie we we talked about it a lot, but to break down that synopsis, it's 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 kind of hard. Do I want to put it on the shelf? Uh, I think I want to. I don't necessarily uh, want to because I feel like we've seen these types of movies so many times, but it, it is hard to ignore such a yeah. such a solid legacy and such obviously such a great early film uh that stands out above all those other ones that we have seen um and everybody was great in it and all the characters were great so mm-hmm. i think you know for all the solid package alone you know despite us feeling like we've watched this so many times i feel like it, it does definitely deserve to be on the shelf for sure yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things where if uh, I know I've been talking about my series cinema buckle is now available on YouTube uh, <laughs> a lot, but uh, some within that series I always pick if something stays on the list or not. And there's mm-hmm. a few times where I just like I can acknowledge that a movie is bigger than my personal feelings towards it. Mm-hmm. That it, like it deserves to be on the list just because of the sheer popularity of it. And uh, how many people, just because I don't like something as much as other people does not mean that I should deprive other people of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the films that I use that reasoning for, I dislike way more than this. Like, I really like this movie, but it does have, I do think it's slightly overhyped. But because it is, or because it does have such a legacy, I also think that it goes on the list Mm -hmm, or on mm -hmm. on the shelf. On the shelf. On the shelf. The list is another thing. Uh, <laughs> so the Maltese Falcon, not Falcon, <laughs> uh, goes onto the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our assignment for next week. We are taking a one-week break. Little Glenjamin Button here is going on a cruise. I'm going to the Bahamas, baby. Hopefully, it doesn't take a little uh, a little poop detour like little cruises did uh, ten years ago or whatever. However yeah, long that, ago that was, that would suck. There's just a random iceberg chilling there. Oh man, right in, in the, Bahamas. the Bahamas. Yeah, man, global warming is real. Anyway, <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> anyway, I f- I feel like it's been a while since we have watched together and discussed a South Korean film. Mm, it has uh, it's been, been a, a minute. Bit. Now, this one I have seen. According to Letterboxd, you have not seen. However, I feel like I may have recommended it to you, so you, you may have seen it. You do also know me well enough to where I forget to rate a lot of stuff. Yes. Like I forgot to I forgot to rate Nacho Libre. We were talking about that today. Come on, man. I was like, uh, what the fuck? Nacho! Anyway, nacho. Uh, but so you, we may have both seen this already, but I've already decided. I'm According to Letterboxd, you haven't seen it. But it is going to be on Amazon Prime, and it is called I Saw the Devil. I actually have not seen this and have been okay, meaning good. to. I, I was hoping. Especially I was hoping uh, so. the last time we talked about a South Korean film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, I think I, we mentioned this. Yeah. I replaced a movie on the 1001 movie list with this film, and mm-hmm. I've been wanting to rewatch it. But because of how crazy my cinema bucket list schedule has been i haven't been able to rewatch some of the movies i want to rewatch so yeah. i'm forcing this into my schedule Perfect. by talking about it on the podcast two weeks from now uh mm-hmm. so i saw the devil on amazon prime directed by kim ji woon uh written by park hung jung and kim ji woon starring uh lee byung hung who many people will know from uh, uh squid games squid uh, game yeah and uh, Choi ming sink 
Min Sik, who many people will know from Old Boy. Uh, then there is Jong Gu Kwan and Ho Jin Chung and a whole bunch of other people. I've butchered enough names, though. Mm-hmm. I've just butchered them enough. Uh, and it is a secret agent exacts revenge on a serial killer through a series of captures and releases. Anyway, so I saw the devil on Amazon Prime. That is going to be our assignment on the next episode, which comes out in two weeks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. TikTok, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch I Saw the Devil. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.